0: It is 7:06 on a Saturday night, the Saturday night of celebration for Gopher fans as they triumphed over Penn State. That was an amazing game uh, for all of you who are out there celebrating uh, for those of you who are at the game, that must have been so cool. Uh, the scene on, on TV with just everyone storming the field, was just it was incredible. It was really, really neat, uh, really neat to see. So congratulations to the Golden Gophers. Well, this half hour, we're going to explore a medical development that uh, has a lot of people who have loved ones or relatives or friends who are suffering from cystic fibrosis very encouraged. Uh, The FDA has approved a new drug for the treatment of cystic fibrosis. It's being called, by some at least, a breakthrough. Dr. Jordan Dunas is the director of the University of Minnesota Cystic Fibrosis Center, and he is joining us now. Uh, Dr. Dunis, thank you so much for coming on. Sure. Thank you for having me. All right. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you agree that this drug is a big, big deal?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big deal. Um, it, I think it's really going to make an amazing change for our patients' lives. Um, uh, up until recently, uh, most of the treatments we've had have really been to treat the symptoms of CF um it, it's a you know, genetic disease it's progressive where patients gradually lose lung function over over years and 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 usually die um eventually of of uh, respiratory failure but uh this this new drug is treating the underlying cause treating actually the the defect um well uh, treating the defect the the abnormality in the in the uh, right. proteins in the cf patient cells
0: um and And, you know, going back to what cystic fibrosis is, and I've had some friends who've had children who've who've had it, and um, I don't know if this is still a therapy, but there were, were are they had to wear vests for certain hours of the day that would beat on the chest to try and i guess you know you know get the mucus sort of out there so that it could be you know gotten rid of i mean, does that still happen?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and and so, what what
0: I I explained it very poorly. I just I just felt so badly for these, you know, for my friends and their children, and just to have to go through. This and, and they're so, you know, I just remember thinking these people are really brave. I should not co- complain about anything I've got to do because that is that's really tough. And and then also to know that your child is going to continue to get worse is really tough. What what, what is the life expectancy traditionally for, for CF?
2: You know, it's actually um, been a real medical success story. Um, the life expectancy is now in the high forties. Um, just a few decades ago, I mean, most patients died in childhood, and uh, there have been a series of, of breakthroughs of treatments for CF. Um, but most of them, again, have been treating the, the sort of the symptoms um, rather than the underlying cause. But you're exactly right about this vest therapy, and actually, you, you described it very well. So. Well, um, I just you I just, it. just, just
0: remember you know I've seen it in, 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 a, in a few people that I know, and I just I, I just you know I, it was heartbreaking, and, and these people just kind of soldered on, this is what they do, and they do it every day and multiple times a day, and, and I just thought, you know this is hard, this is hard, and they just are doing it, and, and they're amazing for doing that, so to think that there's some kind of medication that might make that not necessary mm-hmm. is, is fabulous, but people are still doing the best therapy, right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, and
0: and what does it what does it do from a so scientific the, standpoint?
2: sort of the the underlying problem in CF is is that uh, they have thick mucus in their lungs. Now, CF affects all the organs in the body, or many most of the organs in the body, but really the lungs are are are, are where the, the major problems are, and and, and actually the life threatening part of the illness. So, the lungs get filled with uh, thick mucus um, that they can't move out. So the best um, Pounds on the chest, kind of like pounding on a ketchup bottle. It pounds right. the mucus out of the lungs, so they can get it kind of up to the the central lung where they can cough and spit it out. But patients have to do this for a half hour, um, twice, three times, sometimes four times a day. So, you know, and you 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 include the setup and the cleanup, and you know they're spending forty forty minutes or an hour, two, three times a day just in order to breathe so that wow. uh, you know in addition to um, numerous medications they have to take for other impacts of cf so it's you know uh, of all the diseases i can think of uh, it's it's among the most labor intensive um it's just day after day you, you don't get any break from this um right. uh, if if you skip it you get sick you end up in the hospital so um you know your description of soldiering on is is exactly right um right. It's just such a, a hard disease, um, day after day after day, with, with with no break, and and no matter how good you are about it, you have to you have to do it again the next day. It's it's uh, you know the the patients are really an inspiration to me. Um, the 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 how how hard they work to stay well is is it's just amazing.
0: Um and. and- you, you said that there's a genetic component uh, of it. You know, who's at risk for CF, and, you know, can you just get it, you know, even if your parents, grandparents, nobody in your family has it?
2: So it, it's a genetic disorder. And it's what we, call, what we call a recessive disorder. So you have to get a gene from your mother and a gene from your father for CF. So um, each of your parents have to be carriers, and for the most part, carriers don't have any symptoms. So you may not have anyone in your family with CF, um, but if each of your parents were a carrier and you get the the CF gene from each parent, then you would you would have CF even though parents and grandparents may may not have it. So it is a familial disease. You know, uh, um, you know, if, if both parents are carriers, then you know, uh, sort of theoretically, one out of four of their kids would have CF. But sometimes it's uh, you know, two, three, four. You know, some uh, it's, you know, wow. in any given family, it, it doesn't follow exactly the statistics. But if both parents are carriers. Um, their children may have cf
0: can the carrier gene um skip it? in other words can can a, and a father have it pass it on to his um son the son marries somebody who's not a carrier and but the son passes it on or the, the father passes it on to his children and then they could potentially marry and
2: like, yeah so so if you're a carrier then it's a 50/50 chance that you'll pass the gene on to your offspring um and so um you know if each of the parents is a carrier um each of them has a 50/50 chance with each wow. with each child so some of the children of the carriers may be carriers and some of them actually may not
0: okay tell us about this medication you know how long it's been you know under research uh, what the impact is uh for, from your perspective
3: so there's
2: been a series of medications over about 7 or 8 years aimed at treating the underlying defect and it gets a little and, and complicated.
0: what what is the what is the underlying defect again
2: just so, so there's a um a protein called a chloride channel um it lets uh, chloride ions move in and out of the cells that line the airways and when the chloride moves the water follows it and so um because the chloride doesn't move the airways get dehydrated and that's what causes the mucus to get thick um this chloride channel is called a CFTR, and this um, the the CFTR can be damaged in a number of different ways. Um, so sometimes you have the channel and it doesn't work, and other times you don't have the channel at all. Um, so over the past about seven years, they've kind of developed a series of, of um, medications that help make this CFTR protein work. Um, the first one they developed um, about seven years ago um, is called Ivocaptor or Kalydeco, and that worked in about 5% of patients because different patients have different mutations in this CF gene. The, um, and, and that was actually a really good drug for the because different patients have different mutations in this CF gene. Um and and that was actually a really good drug for the the folks that could use it, but it was only about five percent of patients. They then developed a couple of other drugs called Orcambi and Symdico, which helped in people that had the most common mutation, this mutation called Delta F five oh eight. So if you had two copies of Delta F five oh eight, which is about fifty percent of patients, you could use either Orcambi or Symdeco and they were pretty well, but they, you know, improved lung function, you know, a few percent and, and reduced um, illnesses a little bit. But the latest drug, this drug called Trikafta, actually works whether you have one copy or two of this Delta F508, which is actually 90 percent of our patients. And instead of increasing the lung function by a few percent, at least on average, it increases the lung function 10 or 15 percent, um, wow. depending on your mutation, which is really dramatic. Um there's no drug we've had for CF that that, that improves um, lung function. The other findings in the studies, there was a study, um, there were two studies, one in the New England Journal of Medicine and one in the Lancet describing the results of the trials. And um, it, it also dramatically reduces symptoms. You know, CF patients all day long are coughing, bringing up sputum, and, and often short of breath. And at least based on the study results, um, there was a dramatic reduction in these symptoms. So uh, the patients, um, you know, better lung function and less symptoms and and fewer what we call exacerbations. Or there, you know, patient the CF patients always have kind of a. A low grade infection, but pre- periodically it gets more severe, where they need antibiotics or even right. hospitalization, and that um, dropped by about sixty percent. These exacerbations, so oh. really, that, really sounds, a, an that sounds change.
0: that sounds like a lot. But you mentioned, uh, you know, that, that some of the change was ten to fifteen percent. I can't remember which change that was.
2: The, that that d- was in the lung function. So we. Measure- that doesn't
0: sound like that much to me. But you're saying it it is very significant
2: oh yeah there, there's we've never had a drug. I mean, the, the drugs in the past i mean um, you know, for the most part five, six, seven percent improvement you know we would consider a great benefit um, so fifteen, ten to fifteen is really a dramatic change it, it you know it, a change that people are going to notice a, a change that are going to make people feel better and, and able to do more
0: and um how quickly are you able to prescribe this now?
2: um it the fda approved it about 2 weeks ago and we have started prescribing it um uh you know that it has to go through uh what they call prior authorization so the insurance companies have to approve whether or not they're going to give it so only a handful of patients have actually gotten drug in hand yet but uh, but we are able to prescribe it and um you know we've been prescribing it for the last couple of
0: weeks so just the past couple of weeks now let me ask you that about um the prior authorization i mean i know obviously that's not it's not your area but it it's an area that certainly affects a lot of people's bottom line are are the insurance companies falling in line behind this so um <laughs> i i are in, in other in other words are, are 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 they making it easy for patients to get this
2: um so many have um probably not all yet um but uh it's new it's early um and so you know it's not unusual for prior authorization to take a week or two <coughs> although some a few people or a number of people actually have gotten approved even in hours or a day so wow, okay. um so uh, we're feeling pretty good about it but you know um I have to see each patient or, you know, our, our, our team, not me personally, but I, I work with a group of doctors at CCF and, you know, we have to see each patient in order to prescribe the medicine. So we're, you know, trying to get through our patient population. So, you know, it, it it's still early to say exactly how the insurance company is going to be, respond, okay. but so far it, 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 it seems pretty good, but I, I uh, imagine I there's know.
0: a long line of patients waiting to see you now.
2: Uh, absolutely, we we uh, the first day it uh, got approved, we got 50 phone calls to our office. So, why? Well, um, yeah, we, we there folks, you know, want it, and absolutely, I want to get as many people through and, and and get them started as soon as I can.
0: Uh, we're chatting with Dr. Jordan Dunas. He's the director of the U of M Cystic Fibrosis Center about this new breakthrough with this new medication that really is. Uh, providing uh, relief that is unprecedented for for cystic fibrosis, for those that you have been able to prescribe it to, um, and you and you've just had it for a couple of weeks at the most, have you noticed a difference? Does it work that quickly? Are there side effects?
2: So uh, I haven't seen anyone back. I mean, I, to, to be honest, um, the National CF, it, it was a little bit unusual in the timing of the approval because the approval was two weeks ago. And then all of us went to the National CF meeting last week. So we were all unfortunately out of town the first week was available because, you know, we go to these meetings to learn about breakthroughs and to learn how to, you know, better care for our patients. So to uh, I, I, my my first prescriptions were written this week. And so I've not seen a patient back, and probably only a handful of my patients actually have drug in hand, so I've not heard. But in the studies, so we did have patients in studies of uh, similar drugs in the same category, um, and it, it, they feel they, they notice improvement probably not in a day or two, but certainly in a week or two. Um, it looks like, uh, you, you know, when you look at the study results, that much of the benefit um, is already, uh um Felt in, in probably you know within two weeks of starting the medication. So, not not in a day or two, but probably in a week or two, people feel significantly better. And the people that were in the trials know when you when you do the trials, they're what we call placebo controlled. So patients either get drug or, or you know a sugar pill. So and, and when you do the study, you're, we're we're not supposed to know which they got, so that we can have a you know an objective sure. evaluation of the new medications. But the patients knew what they were getting. If they were getting the drug, they felt better.
0: Wow, okay. And and is there more work being done on the drug to to even get more of a maximizing benefit? Out so,
2: of- um it sounds it's, like it's
0: amazing, but it sounds like it's not 100%, you know, with everything. Sure. So
2: Um, There are a couple things. One, it's only approved down to age 12. I mean, generally, they do studies in adults first, and then, you know, to make sure it's safe in adults, and then teenagers, and then, you know, they work younger and younger. So the, you know, the the first priority is, is getting it down into the kids, because the adults um and, and and not that everyone is not absolutely important with this drug but the adults have some scarring in their in their lungs already i mean with years and years of cf the the new drugs will will certainly help dramatically but it won't get rid of scar but hopefully if we can get it into the really young kids we may be able to either postpone or prevent that scarring entirely so um then you know the next uh, uh the, the next step i think is getting it into the younger age groups and those studies are ongoing um, and, then and, were- and I would
0: hope with this kind of success, though, that they can that – that at least the studies could be expedited because you've got to have people – I've seen it um, in children and with these vests, and it just, it's just it, I, – I, I'm amazed at how people are so brave to live with this. Um, it's got to be awfully hard knowing that there's something out there that's working in adults, and you have a child that's got it, and you're like, can't get it yet.
2: Yeah, no, that is a double-edged sword. I mean, the the, the trials are ongoing, but there, there's the safety side of any new drug. Sure, so, of course. You know, before we give and it, chil- to a child, yeah,
0: children are different.
2: Yeah, you know, we want to be absolutely sure. I mean, you know, the, the child's physiology, um, you know, with the growth and everything, is, is different than an adult, and so um, you know, we, we absolutely are in a hurry to do this, but we want to make sure that you know <laughs> we, we're doing good and not harm. Right. So, right. Um, uh, so so uh, they're working on it, and they're they're working on it as quickly as they can, but also as safely as they can.
0: Okay. And how so. about how about side effects? Because sometimes, I mean, there are so many medications that are can do amazing things, but the side effects are just really difficult to deal with.
2: I mean there certainly is a list of side effects um that happen in a few people some people got some rash some people um had some nasal congestion there was some diarrhea some belly pain but it was you know uh, I think I don't remember all the numbers off the top of my head but maybe 5 or 5 or 10% of patients and for the most part they were fairly mild and fairly okay, tolerable but it wasn't
0: debilitating
2: um, you know, there was only a handful of people that had to stop the drug entirely, I think, wow. if I remember correctly. And it, it might have only been two people that stopped, you know, in the trial that stopped the drug um, due to due to side effects.
0: Wow. that that is Well, that is so exciting and obviously a very busy time for you and um, your clinic, Dr. Jordan Dunitz, director of the U of M Cystic Fibrosis Center. Um, I, I I can't imagine how busy you are, and we certainly appreciate your time this evening.
2: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you, and yeah, we're really excited. I mean, uh, it That's is a wonderful heart disease, and, and whatever we can do to make our folks' lives easier.
0: That is so wonderful, and there are so many uh, other diseases and conditions that I know people are praying for for just that kind of news to come their way as well. So that that is really exciting stuff. Um, thank you so much, Doctor Dennis.
2: And thank you. Thanks for for having me on.
0: Absolutely. All right. That Have is good. very cool. Um, we certainly hope that it gets. The way of children, too, because there are so many ailments. Um, that This one just, it's, it's horrible. I just, I, I, I've, you know, the people who really have to deal with this really go through so much, and the families go through so much. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, that is exciting news, and we certainly hope that that continues uh, to deliver exciting news for all those who are struggling with cystic fibrosis. We have taken take a quick break. You are listening to News Talk 830. It is 728 on a pretty awesome Saturday in the Twin Cities, 36 degrees. Uh, Dave Lee brought that up, too. The, the Vikings are playing on national TV, too. The Gophers, of course, playing on national television. Boy, did they do well. I mean, that was just amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, but uh, we certainly hope the Vikes do it. it. It makes me so nervous when Minnesota teams get into these kind of crucial big game big win situations when that got down to the final moments of, of that game today against Penn State I thought oh no it's uh, you know I and I don't mean to be negative or just you know expressing bad karma or whatever but you you know hey I'm I'm from Minnesota we've seen too many just things calls go our way um that was like when the Minnesota miracle happened with the Vikings that amazing catch in, in the playoff game, you know, I, the one thing that I kept hearing was people said, calls like that never go our way. It never happens to us. Well, it's happening to us. It's happening to the Gophers, and let's hope they can sustain it, and let's hope that the the Vikings can rebound after last week. They are on national television. They can sustain it, and let's hope that the the Vikings can rebound after last week. They are on national television. Uh, we'll see how that goes sometimes uh that's not the best performance area for them. a lot of pressure, and I guess you know, for all these players, they want to do well, and you kind of wonder if that's something if that kind of pressure affects them obviously adversely, they're trying too hard, trying too hard to look good. but the gophers, that was absolutely amazing. Well, we have to take a break. We're going to give you some weather. Um, when we come back uh, this next half hour, we're going to talk about TikTok. And Shaletta and I were talking about this. Hey, TikTok, it's it's the new social media app. And she was saying, hey, you know, it looks kind of cool. It looks it looks great. I mean, it looks like it's not that big a deal. I think it looks kind of cute. You know, they're dancing videos. They look like um, it just seems all kind of pretty sweet and innocent. There's actually concern, folks, and this is legitimate, we're going to talk about it, that TikTok, which all of our kids are on, and if if their kids are not on it yet, they're going to be on it, that it represents an actual security threat to the nation and that there's also concern, legitimate concerns about the kinds of information that might be available uh, because your children are on TikTok. So we're going to talk to an expert about that. This is a, a very serious thing. I mean, just when you think you've heard it all, Comes something like this. So let's take a quick break um, and we will give you some weather and then we'll get into that because it's something that I think all parents should know. Uh, You are listening to News Talk 830. It is 736 in the Twin Cities. Hope you are having a great Saturday on this Saturday that saw the Gophers take down the number four football team in the country. Yes, they beat Penn State if you're living in a closet they beat the number four team in the country. Awesome. All right, folks, this half hour we are going to talk, as promised, about TikTok. TikTok, it's the latest app, it's the latest social media platform that a lot of kids are on. I mean, it is incredibly popular. And it's something that, you know, from what I've seen from my child, Shaletta Brundage was talking about from her 13 year old. Seems kind of okay to me. I've seen a lot of dance videos, cute uh, animal videos. It looks innocent enough. Yet somehow this particular social media platform is considered by some or being investigated by some to be an actual national security threat. There are also concerns about the threat to your child's or user's privacy. David Kennedy is the founder uh, and senior principal of, secu- and he's a security security consultant for Trusted Security. Uh, and David joins us now. David, do I have your title correctly?
1: Yeah, you do. I'm the founder and CEO of Trusted Sec. It's an information security consulting company, and we do work for pretty much companies all across the world.
0: Trusted Sec. Okay. First of all, why don't we start with what is TikTok? I've described it just because I- I've got a teenager that's on it. Shaletta, our producer, has a teenager that's on it, and we're like, I I mean, I I thought it looks kind of fun and and kind of innocent, you know, to to me.
1: Yeah, and and that's, you know, if you look at a lot of these social media apps, uh, you know, the the type of information we're sending to these apps is the concern right now, especially uh, with TikTok being a uh, Chinese-based company with the trade wars that are going on right now. And a lot of the hostilities that we're seeing uh, in the cyber front, uh, specifically originating from China and the United States. And so, a lot of us, you know, have heard of Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter, uh, TikTok being a relatively newer one, but it's one of the most popular ones out there. In fact, uh, it's close to the numbers of, of Facebook. And uh, really, is it, clo-
0: is, is it close to Facebook already?
1: It's it's rank it's ranking up there. Absolutely, uh, the the numbers uh, continue to grow each and every year. And TikTok's one of the most uh, uh, popular apps out there, especially for. Uh, short media streams and being able to have videos and things like that uh, have a trend. Uh, kids love this app, and it's it's becoming more and more popular every single day. In fact, uh, kids aren't even using Facebook.
0: <laughs> no, no, I and and I I would say um uh, you know none of of I have two two children um, uh, none of their friends are on. They're not on on Facebook, and uh, they are on TikTok though, and the videos i've seen on tiktok and uh, is it used to send other things than videos cuz the things i've seen are kind of fun videos where somebody's dancing and it's just like it's sort of like what vine used to be if if anybody can yep. remember vine i mean it sort of yep. reminds me of that um but you know it seems harmless enough
1: yeah and that's you know the the the, the app itself there's there's nothing as far as a concern around the app itself it's not like Snapchat where you're sending data back and forth and the images are very uh, quickly deleted and there's no record of those. Uh, there's a lot of concern around Snapchat when it first came out. With TikTok it's it's really more of, of funny videos. They're they're moderated, uh, you know, they, they have to have certain approvals. The main concern and, and what the reason why the government issued a what we call a national security review is because um it's a Chinese based company and Uh, There's been a lot of censorship specifically in China um, around some of the videos uh, relating towards the Hong Kong protests. And so, you know, when it comes to, you know, our amendments here and our our freedom of speech here in the United States, um, that's a major concern for the United States if they start to censor specific political agendas against the Chinese government from the United States, especially relating to United States citizens, uh, as well as the amount of information that is actually being sent to a Chinese-based company. Uh, think of, of the type of data that you're sending, phone numbers, um, you know, identities, things like that. Sure. Um, all of that's a major concern now uh, for the United States and especially from a Chinese-based company as it grows in popularity. Okay. Well, um, and so there's a lot of concern right now around that
0: app. Um, let me ask you this. I, there, there was a furor certainly when um, uh, one of the professional uh, – general, general manager of one of the professional basketball teams uh, in Texas tweeted support for the protesters in Hong Kong, and it was a big yep. – you know, furor over that and went back and forth and back and forth. Some of the biggest NBA stars got involved. Yeah. If if I was on TikTok and I uh, put on TikTok a video of the Chinese protest uh, and, and indicated my support for the Chinese or for the Hong Kong protesters, is that something that would be taken down from TikTok?
1: So... That is currently an unknown. Uh, so right now, there are, there have been specific instances in China where uh, Chinese-based pro-Hong Kong protesters have been taken down, uh, but no specific instance where United States one has been taken down. And there was um, a Senate hearing last week um, on this where TikTok failed to show up. And TikTok did release a public statement stating that Uh, When uh, when we do have reviews, they're done by American based citizens that review the content to ensure that's inappropriate and not in the Chinese government. However, um, there's been some conflicting reports about that. And based on the investigations that have come from the initial stages of uh, of the National Security Review, uh, that that does not seem to be accurate in a lot of cases. So, you know, there's there's a lot of concern on the censorship pieces around there and whether or not information is actually making out there have been reports um, that. Uh, content has been uh, flagged as inappropriate and removed. That hasn't been that's been against the Chinese government, uh, although it's still being investigated right now.
0: Uh, we're chatting with David Kennedy. He is a expert, uh, security expert. Uh, he is the founder of and security consultant of Trusted Sec. Uh, let me ask you: Is the concern with TikTok that that they are? Is the concern merely that they are removing things, or that they are? taking that which has been posted on the platform and manipulating it either uh, in a way that we can all see that that is not the original intent of the person who posted it, or are they taking information and secretly doing something with it, or is it all of the above?
1: So it's all of the above, and that's why they launched the National Security Review. Um, China, you know, when you look at at China as a country, um, it's a very oppressive regime as far as being a communist country, um, they have a lot of surveillance over their people. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are very different there than it is here in the United States. And we've seen this before, you know, previously with the sanctions, again, in the banning of, of Huawei, a uh, technology producing company uh, based out of China that had a, had, had a very significant boom uh, internationally around technology, especially 5G technology, um, as well as a number of other Chinese-based companies. There's concern that when the government um, of China uh, owns a large percentage of that company, and its guidance and influence, um, what that can have as far as influence here in the United States. And and so, you know, when you look at TikTok specifically, there's there's many concerns with a Chinese-based company that owns the company, essentially, that is promoting that company here in the United States, the influence they can have here, uh, you know, as far, as far as the information that they're taking, they're storing, um, they're using that uh, as far as analytics. You know, China is one of the largest uh, culprits for intellectual property theft here in the United States. Um, massive amount of money that we lose here in the United States economy. And that's actually uh, a reason for the massive trade wars that we're seeing right now, trying to put some protections around intellectual property theft. And so, you know, whatever China can do to uh, identify pieces of information, people, tracking people, uh, understanding what people are doing, uh, pro stances against Hong Kong, when you're traveling to different lo- pieces of information, people, tracking people, uh, understanding what people are doing, uh, pro stances against Hong Kong, when you're traveling to different locations, all of those things that that the app you know actually has permission to go and pull, is a concern that they're pulling on this data and storing it in the in the Chinese government and using that against us. Um, so that's why the national security review was was initiated to to find, to to look at the data, what type of data they're taking, as well as uh, you know are they manipulating or. You know, hurting our First Amendment rights uh, for, for or, or, of or
0: spreading disinformation back to those TikTok users, because that certainly was That's happening. Right. We, we we saw that happening. Um, let me ask you, if if you know many of us have kids or n- no kids who are on TikTok, obviously there are a lot of adults that are on TikTok. What should, what should parents do? I think I
1: think for right now, I would say for parents, it's, it's safe to use as far as we know right now for your children. Okay. Um, you know, the, the what I would wait for is the National Security View's conclusion to be conducted. Um and and they did not get any participation whatsoever from TikTok, which is somewhat alarming, it means that you know, hey, they wouldn't send a presence to actually help defend and promote, you know, a, an environment that they're trying to, to that they say that they do. Um, but I'd wait for the National Security View to come through to see whether or not this app is actually safe for your children to use. Um, right now, there's there's no indication that that's the case, and the government has not issued advisories yet against uh, that company. And what I mean by that is, uh, with Huawei, um, the government said that they had a high confidence level that the Chinese government was influencing the technology and ultimately um, eavesdropping or backdoors into the systems to be able to access data. Um, we haven't seen that yet with TikTok, and that will come through the National Security Review process. So, for right now, it's kind of a weight game to see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, keep an eye on it from a parent's perspective. Obviously. You know, I'm, I'm a parent as well with three kids. Um, luckily, no, no smartphones yet. Uh, they're still at the age where I don't have to worry about that for about another oh. two or three years. Um, but, uh, you know, one of those things to keep an eye on for this national security review process.
0: Right. And it's, as, as I said, you know, it, it it's, you know, Snapchat I'm not thrilled about. Instagram seems, you know, yeah. fine. I mean, it's just it, it's the way these our kids are communicating. And it, it this particular platform just seems sort of fun. And that's why when I, I read about these things, it just it just seemed, you know, sort of startling. But but I guess the issue is it's not clear, is it, at this point, what the Chinese government is really doing with TikTok. If you look
1: at the the national security review statements that came out, um, there's a large concern right now from the government on Chinese based applications, tools, hardware, things that are being produced in China. Um, as these trade wars escalate and as our relationship with China declines, um, because they have taken major steps in the past to ensure, you know, superiority, data collection, whatever they can do to ensure China's um, superiority. I mean, we are in a very interesting time right now with China. And so, you know, this is a a major concern with TikTok and a major concern just across the country, not just with TikTok, but also other technology firms. And uh, something that, you know, here in the United States and, and our allies, um, you know the EU and what we call our five eyes the intelligence agencies they're all very concerned now on Chinese influence across the world
0: right so, so and you're saying that concern is elevated because of the the current tensions that exist between the US and China with this trade war going on
1: that's that's absolutely right and and you know if, if you look at I
0: mean you know, that, that that's just look, that's little... sort of crazy that that an app that kids are using is is, is being watched and studied and analyze as a potential national security threat because of the tensions going on between the U.S. and China and this trade war.
1: It, it is, and uh, you know, it's if you if you if you flash back, you know, four to five years ago, um, China it was was by far our number one largest adversary in the cyberspace. What what I mean by that is that uh, China was hacking into corporations and companies, stealing everything they possibly could in order to promote their own economy. I mean. Source code, uh, next-generation manufacturing diagrams. I mean, it was basically an unfiltered access into our infrastructure, so that China could build products, uh, you know, half the cost because they didn't have to spend a billion dollars or two billion dollars on research, and then sell that same product here in the United States that we had put all the investment in from our economy. And so, you know, you look at you look at what's happening today. And they're being much more aggressive in the types of information that they're stealing from us due to the heightened alert with the trade wars and to uh, with with the current geopolitical situations that we face with them. And so, you know, there's a there's a large scrutiny here in the United States around China specifically because of of the elevated attacks we're seeing, the elevated data collection, and really the overt, overtness of China trying to push their influence in to try to win this trade war. So it's it's, yeah. it's unfortunate. It's a byproduct of it, but it's something that we're dealing with today and. In the
0: economy, right, and and it's something I suppose that you know what we're saying. You know, we're not sure, you know, what the what exactly, and and I, obviously, it, I think most people would agree that they're glad the government is saying, hey, this is potentially this is something we're, we're concerned about. We're going to study it. Um, at the moment, though, we really don't know, and 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 that can be scary too because you know, as these things unwind. You can find out. Oh my gosh, going back, you know, a few years, they've been doing this. How long has TikTok been around? Because I only really heard of it in the last, I want to say, eight months or so from my kids.
1: It was. Uh, it's been around for a while. So, um, uh, a Chinese-based company bought a company called Musically, um, which they ended up kind of ditching that app and moving more towards TikTok. But it's been around for a few years. OK. Um, and, you know, it's it's definitely grown in, in popularity um, each and every year because of how easy the interface is, um, how easy it is to share that information with a large uh, set of users and to get to go viral. You know, we, we, we hear the word viral all the time. You know, YouTube was kind of the initial starting point for a lot of this uh, when you had videos going viral. Um, it's the same thing with okay. these. You know, you post a funny okay. picture or funny. I'm sorry, a funny video. Um, and then you know you share it out to the entire world, and then all of a sudden it you know, starts to get rated up, and then all of a sudden now a lot of people are seeing it. Um, it's a very easy way to kind of promote yourself and your and funny things that are kind of happening yeah. out there and, and kind of go through video. So it's gained a lot of momentum over a short period of time, and it's, it's pretty impressive to see its user population um, in comparison to US already established uh, platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and other ones It's right. competing up there, um, and that, that's a major concern for the U.S. Uh, government as well.
0: David Kennedy, uh, the founder uh, and senior principal of TrustedSec, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your insights.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, and a uh, pleasure to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. All right. Just when you think you, you got all the stuff you're going to be worried about and you're worrying about it, there's something else to worry about. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk eight three oh. It is seven fifty four in the Twin Cities. Charlotte, share, share, share. Just in the break, you know, we we're coming back, and Charlotte's like, "Oh, did you hear? We were on NBC Nightly NBC News. No, Nightly that's so News. cool." Lester Hall and the this entire Brendan family. And I've heard about this because WCCO has done a story on this as well. It, it's this new area at the Viking Stadium where you can go with people who have or on the autism spectrum. And they can enjoy the game without being, you know, scared. Right. It's yeah. called an autism sensory friendly room. There's
3: dim lights. They actually, as may have two licensed therapists from the Frazier Institute in there to help parents out um, when they have kids in crisis. And they've got noise canceling headphones. They've got goodie bags. They've got toys. It is
0: amazing. It's a game changer. Wow. And, and are the Vikings the only team that have done this?
3: No, there's six right now. Okay. Um. And they really, you know, reached out to us and asked, "What do you think we need? Um. How can we help? Because we were complaining that we couldn't get through the first period.
0: And right. And, and 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 you know, you you want to go to a game too, I and it's go to it's it's, a ex- game. it's expensive.
3: Yes. <laughs> it's, expensive. It's, it's expensive. It's the whole it's day. Six is tickets ready- right? Yeah. Right. And, you know, you want the children, even though they have special needs, to be able to enjoy life just like everybody else. You can't keep them in the house until they're 30, Esme. They've got to go to football games and get out and meet people and and, and have fun. And, and you need to have a break, right. too. Yeah. And what about my older boy who enjoys football, and yeah. he's a normally developing child? Yeah. And so, uh, so far, we've been able to stay through three quarters. We made it all the way to the fourth quarter. We were wow. so excited. So this room is a game changer. So, so NBC uh, yeah. did it last night? NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, they did a story. They came out to Minnesota, Kevin Tibbles. And they talked to our family and the kids and the Vikings and us, and we just had a great time.
0: That is so Isn't cool. That's awesome. So cool. So, so, you know, I am, I am. Obviously, I work for CBS, but I am a big fan of Lester Holt. I think he's just very classy and mm-hmm. uh, does a nice job. And I, I met him years ago uh, down in Houston at one of the oh, conventions, really? and he was just could not have been nicer. Could not yeah. have been nicer. He was working for. Uh, the local CBS station in Chicago. Oh, okay. I okay. Um And I mean, he was a big star in Chicago, and I think he went to New York. And, and anyway, obviously, he's a, he's huge now. But. Uh, uh, he, he could not have been nicer, and that's, uh, that certainly is a good show. Mm-hmm. So Very cool, very cool, and I do think it's great that the Vikings, they also were the sponsor of a flag football tournament that my daughter was in where there were a lot of kids with autism mm-hmm. on it. it. They paired like uh, kids who were on the spectrum with kids that were not on the spectrum, and it was really cool. It was a really cool thing, and, and the Vikings helped sponsor that, so I think we should give a shout-out to them because they do a nice job with all of those things.